1: This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider
2: for the NBA's winningest franchise. Hey there, welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb and Michael Pina. I am Rich Levine. And since we last got together, the NBA has released a schedule for the Disney World Restart. Today we'll take a look at Boston's prime objectives and their eight-game lead into the Bizarro Playoffs. First, as always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever it is you listen. Give us a follow on Twitter, that is at Pod. Shout out to CLNS Media, Awaken One Eighty Weight Loss, BetOnline.ag, and uh, guys, the we're getting closer to the return. The return is still scheduled. Um, how are feelings about about the Celtics' schedule right now? Eight games. That will, for, for one thing we can start with this: the twentieth strength strength on the strength of schedule rankings. The Celtics are twentieth, which is pretty good. Out of twenty-two. Twentieth out of twenty-two, Pina, What what are your thoughts on that? I'm I'm putting it on a tee yeah. for you right now.
0: Yeah, we were discussing this a little <laughs> off, mic. I think the strength of scheduling is kind of ludicrous. Uh, like, I, I, it's been posited by a lot of really smart people, and you know, you're looking at how these teams perform during the regular season pre-March. It's like. The distance between the date that Rudy Gobert tested positive and when the season is gonna come back is basically longer than a regular off season from the end of the finals to the beginning of the following regular season. So like even in situations where, you know, teams roll over basically the same personnel, the same coaching staff and everything, they never look the same. And I think it's impossible to account for all the different variables in terms of chemistry, in terms of who's going to come back in shape, in terms of who could get sick, in terms of uh, how these teams are going to treat their players, how many minutes they're going to play them. We don't know what the commitment level or the motivations are for all these separate organizations and what they want to accomplish in Florida, so... You can't really tell me that uh, one team has a superior or easier schedule than another. Uh, I, I mean, there are some obvious things like Brooklyn Nets are probably going to suck, but uh, it's just it's really difficult, and I, I'm seeing a lot of like really confident uh, rankings out there, and I think that that's kind of foolish.
1: Mike, everything you just said is dead on. With that said, it's our job to tell you. <laughs> Give you the inside and guess what everyone's motivations and uh, health level and everything else, those factors. That's our job. So we're going to do that. And (laughs) um, I do think actually for the Celtics, though, you can let's try to, you know, we're you're piecing together a puzzle here. So I look at the Celtics schedule as the puzzle and I see a lot of pieces that are favorable to the Celtics. We'll start number one, opening with the Bucks. Your toughest opponent, and July thirty first. The Bucks have nothing to play for, pretty much throughout this whole thing. And you would think Mike Budenholzer is not gonna put so put on. Can, their... I you? Can I pause Can I pause you real quick? So when you say the Bucks have nothing to play for, what do you even mean by that? They have the number one seed locked up in the East. Okay. They're up by like six games. No one's gonna catch them. So they. And they don't have the motivation of home court advantage. So this is going to be a preseason for them. Or it should be a preseason for them in terms of how they're, they you know they should be treating their eight games. Right, but, and, then
2: you, but then you said you want to treat the regular season like the preseason and then have to start in the playoffs. Right, so the maybe they'll,
1: they'll ramp it up. So I, I'll say they're not going to treat game one, like maybe game four or game five in Orlando. Milwaukee will treat like a, a playoff game once they have their, their feet wet. But I can't see... Giannis and Chris Milton playing forty minutes in Game One, like Boonholzer is not well, he, gonna. Yeah, do that. well, they're, yeah, they're not doing that during the regular season pre-Coronavirus. Okay, anyways, they're, so not, I, playing I 30, they're that, not playing thirty. They're not playing thirty-five minutes. Sure, like they're playing twenty-five minutes in that game. I feel like they're gonna take off the bubble wrap, give them some sustained minutes, but they're not gonna. I mean, maybe because it's the first game, they'll give them. You know, they'll be juiced up a little bit more. But like, I would think that Boonholzer will will keep his foot off the gas for that game so i think that that works out well for the celtics that's number one number two the brooklyn nets have a skeleton crew that's game four in the schedule and then number three to me in the schedule that in terms of like certainty the wizards is the last game of the year for the celtics in the seeding games on august 13th the wizards could be packed up already by then if things go bad for them like if they go two and five or one six and they're not playing the playing game like who knows who's playing for them in
2: that game so i think the wizards are already packed up right? Ready, to- <laughs> but, then, <laughs> the- but but then you get to a situation like you you wonder what's going to happen with philly right because this is something i want to bring up like how high on the list of priorities is avoiding philly in the first round for the celtics i think it should be high like number one i think right yeah i agree so so much of this you know <laughs> there's so many of these other factors right like what if a what if a win against the wizards gets you a matchup uh Against Indiana, or no? What if the win gives you the matchup against Philly, right? Then, then, then you're trying to uh, to, to avoid that. Um, but there, there are so many variables. Like you said, it's hard to even tell. when you talk about the skeleton crew that the Nets have right now. Like, who knows what 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 these crews anywhere are going to look like uh a month from now?
0: We yeah, we just saw, uh, uh, or I guess right before we started recording, the Indiana Pacers conducted a press conference, or I think it's actually still going on right now and victor oladipo said he's not sure if he's gonna go down to florida
1: so really yeah so uh and that's been out for a while right like i think woosh had that story a couple weeks ago thing he was debating yep um yeah
0: so he he basically confirmed it still doesn't know what his short term future holds and which makes sense coming off the serious injury that he did and he was never really ramped up into game shape i don't think so I, I doubt he would want to risk anything further as someone who's a free agent in 2021. Um, so that kind of also makes it really interesting because I think the Celtics, you know, they are, it's possible that they could catch the Toronto Raptors, who are the two seed. I think they're three games up right now. Is that right, B-Rob? That is
1: correct. And they have the toughest schedule, Mike, in Orlando. Yes.
0: yes. So the Raptors have a very difficult schedule. Um, And if you're the Celtics, you're kind of like, do we go full bore here? And we try to get the two seed, even though it's like, I mean, you're basically it's all about the first round matchup because the second round matchup, you know, before all this happened, we were talking about home court advantage and whoever had home court was probably, or in my opinion, probably going to win that series in the second round between the Celtics and the Raptors. Now there's obviously no home court. But you still would rather seemingly want to play the Nets or the Magic or the whoever gets the seven seed versus the Pacers. But if the Pacers don't have Oladipo and I don't know, the Celtics have historically been pretty successful against that team. It's I don't really even know what the risk reward
2: benefit is there of going really hard in those first eight games. And yeah. you wonder if if Oladipo maybe knows something about Brogdon. Like is he has Brogdon come out and said that he's playing despite the. The positive, uh, a he's,
0: positive test? He, he said when he pe- tested positive that he s- planned to recover and get down to join his team down in Florida. That's what he said when that news
1: broke. Right. I mean, I think if, if you're Oladipo here, and again, he came back from that uh, ugly knee injury in the middle of this season and didn't look quite right yet um, as he played probably months over games. He's going to be a free agent um, not the end of this season, but the end of next season, and will clearly be looking for a max payday at this point i don't blame him at all for just being like if you're hesitant at all about testing that knee and especially trying to ramp it up under a short time window like you know you you're staying home like i think him's not committing to playing right now means like he is going to stay home i feel like and that's for him for his future that's probably a smart choice there's yeah, well, so much we went, with millions well, of dollars on the line
2: What what are the benefits of him playing? I mean, the Pacers, best case scenario, Pacers aren't winning a title in in, in Orlando. So what's he playing for? I mean, entertainment. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you'd be doing a service to NBA fans everywhere. But uh, like you said, uh, if I were him, I'm not not playing.
1: And a lot of these guys don't want to screw up like next season for themselves in terms of, you know, there is going to be such a short break if you go on any kind of a postseason run between, you know, this season and next season compared to usual. So it's like, you're playing close to, you know, not twelve months straight, but like you get a month fully off if that in between. Um, while playing, you know, a jam packed eighty two game schedule, which they'll probably gonna try to fit in between December and July. So like you said, Rich, like with someone like Fully Ol- 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 D- like, if there's like the upside isn't there of contending, then like what are you what are you doing?
0: Could could we briefly go back to the Sixers for a second? Because I don't what what is the even the path for them to play the celtics in the first round now because like I, I, the sixers have the easiest schedule right or one of and i think they have the easiest schedule in the but it doesn't course. matter mike
1: it could be the hard notes. yeah you're,
0: well, <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, there's one there's
2: one team in the west i forget which one that has an easier schedule but they're they're they the they well, one the, ahead of
0: the answer there is
2: the pelicans for obvious
0: reasons but um <laughs> yes I, yeah but my my initial introductory caveat aside uh, the Sixers have a cakewalk of a schedule, ostensibly, and so I'm just kind of struggling to figure out, you know, they were they were an up and down team a while ago, like before all this happened, and we don't really know what they're going to look like, we don't know what Ben Simmons looks like without fans, is he going to shoot threes, we don't know what shape Joel Embiid's going to be in, all, the, all that. That's the big um, one for me. Yeah, that's a huge one. Um... We don't know what like I mean, Al Horford, what is his conditioning going to be. Uh, but I just don't know what the you know, the the percentages don't really shine on the possibility of Philly falling, um or really
1: rising out of that. I think they're in the fifth hole right now, so So they're in the sixth they're they're tied of Indy for the fifth spot. Yeah. But Indy has a tiebreaker. Uh so Philly's technically sixth right now. Um but yeah, they They you would think they'd be able to be better than Indy head to head here, which would avoid the Celtics facing up with them in the three six, barring the Celtics having disastrous time in Orlando and them Miami catching the Celtics, which is again a two and a half game gap, so probably as unlikely as the Celtics moving up, but you know, you can't maybe Miami catches fire and you have to worry about that at the end, I don't know.
2: And for what it's worth, Miami has the toughest schedule. Miami is one and Toronto is two. In Toronto too. That's pretty what, what do you guys think? Because I, I was thinking about this and I was looking at like one of the most fascinating things about the Sixers in the regular season or the old regular season, uh, 29 and two at home, 10 and 24 on the road. Um, and obviously that is <laughs> <it's> ridiculous.
1: <laughs> what about neutral court? Right. Yeah, exactly.
2: So that, that's what I wonder. I mean, what was it? I wonder what was it about the road games that made them such a mess? Because that would... A lot of that just being away from home, maybe, maybe just the crazy schedule, you would think that that's probably more likely to to rear its head in Orlando than whatever benefits they had of of playing at home. And that's like one of those things you could probably argue it either way. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, like, the home court, first of all, like the home away thing is just really
0: interesting in terms of uh, how much of an advantage is it actually in all these games for all these teams? And I, like, you cut out the travel, you cut out uh, you know, obviously having fans and how fans impact player performance and confidence levels and energy levels and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you'd have to kind of like on one hand, it's a really small sample size. So we're not really I don't really think we can learn too much about how the Sixers perform and whether or not them not having Wells Fargo Arena as their backdrop aided them or or cut into their success but yeah it's 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 really interesting I, I i they seem to me like a team that just like the home court numbers were more fluky than the away numbers to me a little bit and i don't know off the top of my head how many of the home court games Embiid played in and how many of the away games he sat and uh, all of that as a factor as well, but uh, it's certainly fascinating. I would not be particularly optimistic if I was a Sixers fan, knowing that we they cannot lean on playing games in front of their their home fans, which is a very difficult environment.
2: Uh, guys, let me get this in. Uh, there is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Sports are slowly making its way back to the UFC. Sports are slowly making its way back with the UFC, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way. online has all the best odds and lines for upcoming matches this weekend. Need more? BetOnline has live NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations happening every day. Uh, looking for something other than sports? online has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. Uh, quick trivia for you guys. Who, who do you think is the leader right now for the next next head coach of the Knicks? Who has the, the best odds, would you guess? Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, got to be Tibbs. You guys would be right. Uh, visit betonline.ag. Use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, two other lines that I, two other prop bets that I found on there today. First, uh, over so eight games for the Celtics in this in this bizarro regular season. What do you think the over/under is on on wins? Uh,
1: five. five and a half.
2: Five. And uh, any guesses for the the spread for the opener against Milwaukee? Uh, Milwaukee by four, two and a a half. Five. five. Five is real hot right D- now. Yeah, disrespect. Celtics are five point underdogs in the opener against the Bucks. I kind of like Boston in that and that in that bet for for like like you said for the same reason. But but it's interesting because you know, B Rob, you were saying that like like Coach Bud has no reason to just like, you know. Have him go out like gangbusters in that opening game, but like, does Brad Stevens like do, do you do you go out and and, and run Kemba thirty five minutes in that game? Do you play no. you, Tatum thirty seven minutes or whatever he's been playing? Like, uh, it's you know I know they want they're probably going to want to put on a good show. They're going to be happy to be out there and play I mean I think they're going to be happy to be out there playing, um but you know and that's part of what is sort of kind of frustrating. What feels could be a little anticlimactic about it is that like you wonder once they get out there like it's n- it's not going to be the opening game of the regular season but it 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 it's not going to be the opening game of the regular season but it kind of is right
0: like to their bodies it is so i i think like it's just so difficult to like anticipate who's going to be really good and who's going to take a step backwards and like who's not going to carry their weight in specific lineups and whose mind is going to be elsewhere, whose, like, focus is just not on basketball right now. I, it's like, I think just looking at it with a bird's eye view, winning is really important in these eight games to head into the playoffs. Like, I wouldn't want to be one of these front running teams that's uh, considered a championship contender, like the Celtics, the Raptors, the Bucks. And I wouldn't want to go into my first round matchup with a losing record. That's not, like, that would not be good. And I, I don't think you can just lean on what you did from October to March as this safety net. I, I, I really don't think that that's the case down there. Because it's just, it's it's entirely unprecedented and, like, impossible to like just predict. I, I... I I would want to build up my confidence if I was one of these teams. And I think that that's what the coaches are probably focused on.
1: Yeah. I mean, just from a, also a sports science perspective in terms of how it's going to be fascinating to see how teams handle the ramping up of players and balancing that with everything you just said, Mike, in terms of wanting to build the momentum and, you know, uh, a positive mindset, yeah, confidence in these eight games leading up to the postseason since Like you said, you're not going to, you know, leaning on games from four or five months ago uh, doesn't really do any good now. Like, yeah, it's the same guys that are on your team mostly, um, but everything else, so much has changed. And in terms of including your fitness level and that matters. And it's a situation where uh, I feel like we're going to see an array of ways teams handle it, where some teams might handle like a preseason the whole time so they can, you know, hit their peak right when the playoffs start as opposed to some teams I feel like might want to ramp up in those regular season games and then kind of sustain that longer. So it'll be the the minutes totals for everyone will be fascinating. I mean with with Kemba Rich, what do you want us how do you feel like they should handle a guy like that here? Um do you want to see him, you know, hit that close to his max during these eight season games or do you want to just wait as long as possible there to to really, you know, ramp him up?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, it depends so much on his knee. I don't, I'm not privy to information on how he's feeling. I imagine that this that this break has been really great for him. I'm, I imagine that they have him on a on a plan. Has he been? Has he been in? Is he back yet?
1: Yeah, he's been back. Everyone was back last week to get tested at the facility. I think uh, last Wednesday.
2: And did they? Did the Celtics release any information on that?
1: No. No. We there will be a press conference uh, shortly after we're recording this. Um, So if there are any information there, we'll probably get it, but nothing's
2: been publicly released. Because I imagine we're getting closer to, because what, it was 16 guys they said tested positive. Yeah. And I feel like maybe about half of them have have been released.
1: I think more. The Pelicans had three players test positive they announced yesterday, so I think more like 11 or 12 have been accounted for uh, out of those 16.
0: And this does not include... Staff members, right, and all the other people in the travel party. I mean, the Denver Nuggets had to shut down their practice facility uh, yesterday, I think. Yep. Um Unbelievable. And So, yeah, the, the, the NBA says
2: sixteen players. That's we'll take them at their word. <laughs> uh, do you want to say anything about Adam Silver? <laughs> you know, what are your thoughts on his uh, on his time one hundred speech? The other um. Day? Well, I guess.
0: I want to start by saying that it's this is all like an impossible situation for a commissioner to navigate. And that said, I I would appreciate a little more uh, authenticity and honesty in discussing the motivations for coming back and how much financial factors play a part. Uh, And I I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of talk, there was a talk yesterday of Adam Silver at Time 100 saying that he was asked about the economic ramifications. And, uh, you know, he basically said that it's not a dollars and cents issue, and that uh, there is very little, um, paraphrasing, economic benefit to going back and that actually putting on this resumed season was very expensive for the league and they're not getting fans they're not getting able to sell tickets which is true but obviously television revenue is which was ignored in his response is a huge reason for bringing the season back and uh bringing the Washington Wizards and the Phoenix Suns down there so yeah I just thought it was pretty disingenuous and hopefully he can kind of get back on track uh, in terms of being in my personal good graces
2: <laughs> yeah but, but, but i have a feeling if he if he isn't now he won't be like what's it going to take for him to finally break now and, and and admit that it's all about money like will it take you know and, and we'll see what's going to happen because it's funny you can be talk about how this is all going to play out and again injuries are going to happen either way like wouldn't if, like if a significant injury happens to a significant player it's not going to be the fault of the Orlando restart, right? Because this probably would have happened if there were playoffs anyways. But like, let, let's say there is a major injury in one of these first eight games to, you know, it doesn't have to be Giannis. You know, what, whether it's, maybe it's Bledsoe or Middleton or something like that. Like, I just don't know how these guys as human beings are gonna be able just to, to, to just, you know, grit their teeth and play through this at the, at, to, to their highest capability or why they would even want to. You know, and I, and it's and not only that within that team, because the other teams can look and be like, OK, we got lucky. You know, what's preventing us from being next or someone on our team from being next? It's just just such a tough ask. And if and if and if you're not, as Silver says, if you're not making a lot of money, if it's not about the money, what's it? What is it for? For LeBron? <laughs> Come it, on, Doug. It, it,
0: yeah. It's about the money. Uh, yeah. And I mean, yeah, to your point, like, why would you push your rehab as hard as you could to resume activity in a season that is going to be cursed by a asterisk regardless of the outcome like who like i've said this before but like can you imagine wearing a championship ring one from this season like proudly in public and like calling yourself a world champion like without like understanding that you deserve to be mocked and laughed at like i i just don't i don't i don't know any like i
1: i i, I have a stop no. right i I disagree with that though okay like this is and I, I forget they may austin rivers or someone like that I saw i saw someone post social media about it um this is gonna be just a, like a brutal situation i mean yeah it deserves an asterisk but like having crowning a champion on a neutral court you know in the playoffs i think is kind of cool To like have, I don't obviously you don't want to do it every year when you don't have to do it, but like I don't think that necessarily deserves a negative asterisk. Obviously, it's not a regular season, but like when you take out home court and play and you know the influence that has on refs and things of that nature, like I think I don't necessarily think it's going to be a you know something that you not to be ashamed about, but like. It's going to be – you can poo-poo after the fact.
0: Well, I'm saying we already know that there are players who are not participating, who are healthy enough, who would participate in a utopic vision of a neutral court that decides the champion. Do you know what I mean? But
1: but anyone that matters, though, really, for this year? I mean,
0: honestly, like, look – Avery Bradley is a starter on the Los Angeles Lakers you can say he's not like this you know all-star caliber player but going from Avery Bradley to J.r Smith who was not in the NBA and probably would not otherwise be if none of this happened is a pretty significant downgrade in my opinion the, tr-
1: uh, the JR's not gonna play it's gonna be called by Pope
0: oh, okay so yeah you're okay so you're gonna which lead. I don't think that's
1: I don't think that's a meaningful like I don't think that's gonna be the difference for a title for the league if it is then like they didn't deserve to win a title
0: Okay, so uh that's kind that's a fair point. What about the Lo- what about if Lou Williams decides he doesn't want to play for the Los Angeles Clippers?
1: Okay, then we can talk. That's more of a okay, significant, well, well, but okay. like but outside of that, like those names haven't surfaced yet.
0: Okay, so what if we start this whole process and I mean, when we do start the process, people will test positive for coronavirus. That's going yeah. to happen. So like anticipating any player testing positive on a contending team will unduly impact the outcome of the series it just it will and it'll impact you know there's a fear factor there as well where okay so this player just tested positive i just was in a game with him Uh, I don't know what's going on with myself. Do I even want to play right now and risk this for my health? I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie just came out and said he's still feeling tightness in his chest from when he tested positive. We don't know the longstanding effects of this disease. So if that's in my head the whole time, how can I play up to my optimal standard?
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, I'm trying to take an optimistic look and being like, yes, there's going to be positives, but hopefully it's not like breakouts on teams or like you know game changing players and that's and if if that happens then yeah then I agree with everything you said Mike in terms of like yeah this is you know if if LeBron has to miss two weeks or if Kawhi or etc like yeah that's clearly gonna put a a huge asterisk on whoever wins uh, it all here but until that happens I'm not like I'm not gonna do that like I guess I there is a possibility where that doesn't happen and that would be you know, awesome. If the if you know there are a couple stray positives here or there, but it doesn't reach a level with the key guys where it has any strong impact on the play on the floor, that might be wishful thinking. But um, you know, that's what I obviously think the NBA is holding out for at this point by like trying to do this in the first place.
2: So when you, when you say a couple stray positives, and I, and I you guys can enlighten me on this. So a guy on on a team test positive, right? One of these stray positives, we're not quarantine the rest of that team. No. You're just you're just going out and playing. Even when they might quarantine it, like
1: I think they'll probably quarantine them for like a day to like, "Alright, let's test everyone on the team immediately and quarantine them until we get their test results."
2: What what if there's a game scheduled that day? They just they'll just reschedule. I don't know. It? Maybe
1: yeah, maybe they'll push it back. I don't know. They I, it's not clear. I would imagine they would push back a game for something like that, but I don't know. That that's a good question. Even I
2: though I, and I read somewhere that a lot of the ins- asymptomatic people aren't, t- aren't testing positive for a fever. They aren't, they aren't registering a fever. So if they're just taking their temperature, I mean, who knows, it's gonna be a mess. Anyways, when, <laughs> guys, when, 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 when most people try to lose weight, they think exercise, uh, whether they actually start exercising or not, the results are normally the same either way. And I say that because losing weight is all about nutrition. With Awaken 180 Weight Loss, you'll receive a customized nutrition plan, weekly one-on-one coaching, and the option to receive 80% of your daily foods to help you lose weight your first week and each week until you're down to your ideal weight. During your weight loss transformation, you'll be gaining the tools to know what and how to eat so you can keep that weight off for a long t- for the long term. As always, Awaken 180 will provide you with free support for life. It's work for Cedric Maxwell, Scott Zolak, Kyle Draper, Andy Gresh, and thousands of others. Now it is your turn uh, call the long-term solution for weight loss in the official weight loss program of the Boston Red Sox. That's Awaken 180 Weight Loss, online at awaken180weightloss.com. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I, it's just one of those things, like, I, I don't know how they can say, okay, so, uh, you know, Pat Connaughton, you tested positive. Uh, as long as we take the, the temperatures of everyone else on the Bucks, even though you guys have been sharing a locker room and spending a shitload of time together for the last, you know, two, three, four, five weeks, you know, as long as you don't you don't have a fever you're you're fine to go play against the other guys uh another team you're 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 okay to go into that gym and 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 breathe in that same circulated air that all the other guys are going to be sitting there watching in the stands or that's another thing you wonder if it, and i know that's an option that they say these guys can go and watch the other games but like i don't know why you'd ever want to do that
0: yeah It's it's all very problematic. We're going to see how it plays out. I'm still pretty pessimistic as we near it. Um, But I guess like just getting into the nuts and bolts of the Celtics schedule for two seconds. uh, Like what games really stand out to you guys in terms of ones that you're highly anticipating or um, that are particularly meaningful. Like you know not the answer to this question, but I also just want to sidebar and say that you know, every team I believe has a back-to-back scheduled mm-hmm. and the Celtics are the second night of their back-to-back is, uh, against the Brooklyn Nets, which is pretty fortunate. Uh, that's one team I'm, I'm confident will not be good because <laughs> they're not bringing any players. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so what, what games are you guys like actually, I don't know, like
1: just looking forward to as basketball fans? i would say definitely that brooklyn game um no um (laughs) i mean the box is Kyrie goes to yeah right Kyrie will be will pop in there um he's actually we just found out not going not going to yeah that's which was obvious from day one and for any no injured player is going to go down there Um, Makes no sense it makes no sense at all so um yeah would he go in and
2: maybe try and purposely infect players you know what i mean like i can oh see him God. trying to start, a, start <laughs> Rich, an outbreak to, to bring Jesus. down the, the bubble i don't know right, it's
1: it's not the celtics headache anymore so they don't have to worry about it. um for from real like i think the bucks game obviously is gonna be good but it, that's just gonna be an ugly game so uh the heat and the raptors games game three and game five will be telling especially you know if the heat come out strong they can be making a push for that three seed um if the Celtics uh, lose to the bucks and then um, a a sneaky biggie one, big one guys August 11th against the Grizzlies because you still you want the Grizzlies to fall out of the lottery there and (laughs) uh, or fall into the lottery I should say Mm -hmm. and you get the Celtics could get you know three or four picks higher now the players probably don't give a a shit about this at all but um, forcing Memphis to go into that playing game. uh, that's something that the front office will be rooting for a lot
0: memphis has a very difficult schedule just looking at if we're doing the caveat i'm blanketing my caveat but their their (laughs) schedule is not not easy i would say they play uh three of the teams that are you know one of the uh, considered championship contenders um and they don't get to play the wizards which stinks for them but um I'm actually intrigued by the fact that Boston is not playing the Sixers. Like, do you have any insight into why that is or just like I think
1: they were done with the the season schedule. I oh, think. is that how it went? Yeah. I oh, think okay. It they just they already played the four against them and so I won't, I'll double check it, but I'm pretty sure that that they wrapped it up very early, like surprisingly early for them this year. Normally, you know, you'd think a month left of the season they're going to get them once, but um yeah, they played play oh, okay, four yeah. times. Right. I see. Like, um, my brain
0: isn't even connecting what Absolutely. what happened during <laughs> the regular
1: season to what
2: they're trying to do right now. Like, I don't know. But um, what's interesting is Bet Online has the the Grizzlies are, are pretty heavy heavy favorites to to be the eighth seed, the which makes sense because they have that th- yeah. they got that three game.
1: Yeah. I guess the, they have the, a the, the big cushion. question they have a huge cushion, so they they won't fall. Out of it, but it's like, is the playing game going to happen or not? They'll be. Which is like the four game spread, which I would think they are favored to go into a playing game because there's so many teams around their heels, including the New Orleans Pelicans, who have not only have the easiest schedule, but thoughts, Stoneman on the the NBA starting up the Orlando bubble with uh, Zion Williamson taking on the Utah Jazz. I'm. I mean, this is just
0: you knew it was going to happen, but why did they? Why do they got to play the Jazz? like i know give him a better opponent there i mean they're probably going to win that game too like i mean the jazz seem i don't know i'm not optimistic about the jazz in this competition for a variety of reasons one being Boyan bogdanovich isn't going to be there and he was one of their best scorers but like yeah i, I the fact that the two best players hate each other that's, <laughs> that's one of the other reasons yes that could hurt um I mean, yeah, like, I'm, I'm like, a human being who likes basketball, so I'm excited to watch Zion play, but, I mean, this is just such a red carpet for this team to make the playoffs, and I kind of just, not to be, like, too much of an asshole, but I would actually like to see the Pelicans, like, lose their first three games by, like, 35 points, and then... David Griffin's just like, you know what? We got to shut down Zion. We're going <laughs> to shut down Ingram. Like, let's let's pack this in. I would just like to see that happen because uh, this is just such a – like, they shouldn't really even be there in the first place. I don't think that anyone had – I mean, their schedule regardless was going to be pretty easy, but they weren't even, like, playing Zion. Like, he was still accommodating himself to the, the NBA, and they weren't, like – playing him 38 minutes a game or anything like that like so I don't know I I, I don't think that the Pelicans were anyone's pick to make the playoffs uh, before coronavirus struck and for them to even be down there is just kind of shameless like exploitation of Zion (laughs) and trying to gum up the television ratings so I hope that it kind of bites them in the butt Uh, they did have the
1: easiest schedule though like oh no yeah i said that probably, yeah, yeah they did sure but so, like, i do but no nah, you're your, your point i mean it is it is I, mean, I agree with you it's it's shameless but whatever like i'll i'm if is there any other player in the league right now that you would tune in to watch for in that game like would you take that or like lakers clippers to open well things up like for the first like what, what would you prefer like what would you tune in for more
0: oh lakers clippers come on
1: i mean but though, is, i think the world at large might be zion
0: all right no 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 no. come on no uh LeBron LeBron James is still more popular than Zion Williamson and like the star power on you got the rivalry you've got the star power Paul George Kawhi LeBron AD like it's the Lakers it's two teams in Los Angeles that supposedly I mean they they were the two best teams I think we can agree uh discounting the bucks but like those are the two best teams in my opinion probably in the whole NBA before all this went down and uh yeah no I, I and thinking about like when they did play each other uh I just those are the most memorable regular season games to me like the Christmas Day matchup with Kawhi picking up LeBron like at three quarters court and like all that stuff is really still vivid for me so i think that that matchup is what i anticipate the most in that playoff series hopefully they play against each other that's what i anticipate the most
2: yeah no and again like i mean it's sort of the same thing i you you wonder how seriously those guys are going to take that game you know they want they, they they want what what's separating them in that in the west I mean, Le- I the, the Lakers
1: are going to get the, the one seed. Yeah, I think it's like four games or something like that, so it's nothing that the Clippers should be able to make up. Um, Oh, five and a half, even more. Yeah, it's not. The Lakers have the one seed. No, Yeah, I, I, I just want to also say, like,
0: I think LeBron is going to come out like gangbusters. I really do. I mean, he's been the most vocal, even though no players are really that vocal about wanting to play, but he's been putting out feelers through various media connections uh that he really wants to play and wants a season to come back and so i just anticipate him really like throwing hammers down uh and kind of reasserting his team but we'll see like i think he's going to take it extremely seriously
1: i mean this is his best chance i mean when other when is he going to get another time to recharge the batteries and come in now he can like you said Mike, just go like balls to the wall for 20 30 games against the rest of the league like that's a huge for the older veterans that were healthy like i feel like that's a huge edge
0: unless he tears a hamstring or something exactly
1: right i mean that that's going to be the the catch 22 there but um if not then he's going to having all these guys on a full tank of gas for this again once the play is going to be ugly to start there's no question but if you know by the second round hopefully everyone's kind of back to or close to where they were and i'll make it real fun so real quick i, I want to
0: posit another question to you guys does, does the schedule release change at all just from the celtics vantage point uh any thoughts you have about their actual odds to win this whole thing
2: no you mean just like the just who they're playing and and in yeah, and I guess just like of,
0: now that we're you talking about the the season resuming and whatever, like do you guys think well like just what do you think about the Celtics championship odds, I guess in general?
2: I like I like them a little better, for sure. I think just because the, you know, the the idea of, you know, best case scenario of a Eastern Conference Finals where you're having to play game seven in Milwaukee and play one game one and two in Milwaukee. I think th- I don't, that did not benefit them obviously. So the elimination of one of their biggest disadvantages, which was the lack of home court advantage. I think that only helps. And, uh, and again, there's so many other variables. We don't know how it's going to play out, but that alone, I think for me increases the, uh, th- the odds of them winning. Yeah. I think it
1: goes up by a couple of percentage points, you know, like just based off of getting everyone healthy which was... Well, we don't know for sure if that's the case yet, but I presume it will be. And you take out the home court advantage, which is a plus for them since they weren't going to have it for the, the final two rounds in all likelihood. And they still have the the profile of a contender during the regular season with you know top five in offense and defense and along with a, a core roster that had only been healthy together for 15 games. So you put that together. Yeah. It's easy. It's again, you forget about a lot of that. It's easy to forget just how beat up they were all year long with at least one player out of lineup, essentially at all times and still managing to, uh, put out together a 43 and 21 record and put that with the fact that Brad Stevens has had three months to kind of look at everything, not with just the Celtics, but around the East and figure out what he wants to do with this team to maximize them in the next couple months. Like, I, I like that too, and I think again they're they're strong underdogs to the Bucks, um, but I do think that um, they're on evil footing with the Raptors in terms of a team that can take them down. What do you think, Mike?
0: Yeah, I think I'm in agreement with you guys. I mean, I just <laughs> it's it's all really difficult to analyze, but I mean, I was like super confident about this team before the season was suspended and uh i liked how they kind of played with each other and i think another really interesting wrinkle here is like do you guys think that brad stevens is more inclined or less inclined to experiment with lineups during these eight games and like are we going to see that you know the, the favorite lineup the all small lineup that we didn't really see during the regular season because now everybody's healthy but like what, what just like, I, I don't even know like what could be in his head when it comes to that that sort of thing and, and wanting to experiment versus wanting to keep everything as normal as possible
1: before march yeah i think we're gonna find out what he liked on film <laughs> from the season and that's gonna tell the tale mike i think it's a like, yeah because you can you can keep stuff in your back pocket for the the postseason but you'd think that in this type of a setting you want to get some some reps for for all of your lineups because it's been such a long layoff but like you said the his best five he hasn't he really stayed away from that lineup for most of the season part of that was injuries but even when they had them all available it really didn't happen much and now rich i feel like he's got a chance to sit back and take it all in what he and we'll find out what he if he thinks that's a winning formula or it's just not a lineup that's sustainable in the East.
2: Yeah, that's interesting, because I know that you guys, the, the Celtics reporters, are, are speak, having a Zoom with, with Brad and a, and a mystery Celtics player. You have to be named uh, shortly after we're done. <laughs> you, should, Do I, you guys have I, any guesses? What's that? Any guesses for who the mystery is? Um, I'm going to say that it's Kemba Walker. I'm going Marcus Smart. Right. but you should ask, ask brad how much time he spent like of his his quarantine where he couldn't do much else how much of that time he spent just breaking down video you know how much he how much he right. got away from basketball or if he just you know dug deeper um but yeah no i'm i'm interested to see that too because it it is a time to to experiment i think a little bit too you know with, with these first eight games where like we said like you know, we still don't know even if the Celtics go go eight and zero, or or if they go zero and eight. We, you know, maybe not zero and eight. But you know, who who knows? Like there, there's so many other things going on to, to decide who determine who they're going to play, in, uh, in a playoff matchup, it would be a time to, to throw to throw things out there and see how they how they uh, how they work in this new NBA reality. That's what Steve Clifford,
0: head coach of the Orlando Magic, basically said. He he said he's treating this like a new season, and so he will be experimenting with new things. And so I think that if you're the Celtics, that would be conducive to your own success. But I guess we'll see kind of how they
1: treat it. It is. It's going to be. I mean, all these teams. What, how they handle lineups? How they handle like having months and months of footage to load management dice. also. Exactly. There's so many interesting X factors here that is going to be fascinating to watch. Obviously, some teams are going to have to go balls to the wall right away to even make the playoffs, and they're going to be a different category. But the the contenders, how they handle um, coming back into the fold here with a short ramp up period, it's going to be really fun to watch. And we are officially less than a month away, boys, from when it's supposed to happen. Uh, we'll obviously have plenty more time to dissect things as the seas get their own training camp going in the next couple weeks and um even i think they're gonna play a preseason game too right like down there um in orlando at some point is that right i think so i think i read that somewhere it seems um, like a great idea right <laughs> i would hope so but we'll be uh back again weekly uh bringing it down here on the winning place podcast please give us a uh, a subscription uh, rate us and review us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever else you uh, listen to your podcast and hit us up at winning plays pod on Twitter at Michael V Pina at rich underscore Levine at Brian T Rob as well And any closing thoughts guys or should we uh, just I'm really excited to see who the the, the the player is you guys should make a friendly wager on that
0: our, our listeners will yeah. know. By the time they it's get true. this. But
2: it's going to be Marcus Smart. <laughs> the loser it's between Dave- me and Pena is not, not allowed to wear a mask for the for the next week. Dark. Yeah. <laughs> I know, that's that, that's no. my closing lines. Wear a mask, everybody.
1: I agree. You heard the man. You heard the man. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you next week.